0: Welcome to Roundhouse Roulette, a Walker Texas Ranger podcast. Each week we recap and review one of the 200 existing Walker Texas Ranger episodes randomly selected by Roundhouse Roulette. I'm Evan Dalton, here with my brother Adam. What up? And a man who keeps his denim shirt on in the sweat lodge, Mr. Bob <laughs> Leahy. I
1: mean, It is kind of warm in here, isn't it? <laughs>
0: Well, we'd like to thank you all for joining us as we revisit Chuck Norris's 1990s denim-clad masterpiece. <laughs> Today, we'll recap and review Season 2, Episode 11, an early one, entitled The Legend of Running Bear, where Walker must use every tool in his arsenal to assist his cousin, who's lost in the woods. <laughs> but before we put on our Texas tuxedos, hop on our horses, and race through the brush... Join us as we pull up a stool at CD's Bar and Grill. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm thirsty, dude. I'm totally thirsty. Well, you are in luck because you're about to slake your thirst on a real beast here. This week, CD's is serving up (laughs) Dad's Oatmeal Stout from O'Fallon Brewery in Maryland Heights, Missouri. Is that Missouri, I believe? Missouri. Yeah. And this one
2: uh, was uh, brought to the cast from Dale Matt Miller. We want to give him a shout out and thank him for hipping us to this Southern Illinois brew. So
1: I thought it was Missouri.
2: Yeah. Come on, Adam. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, it's close.
0: It's close. All right. right.
1: (laughs) Missouri by way of Southern Illinois.
0: Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like how everyone in new England is a Patriots fan. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone in Southern Illinois is a St. Louis sports fan, Right. Exactly, yeah. They uh, break state boundaries
2: with their allegiance to sports teams, which is pretty admirable. (laughs) It's proximity,
0: not boundary. Right, right, right. Well, apparently this brew is based off of another local staple, which is a oatmeal cookie by Dad's Scotch Oatmeal Cookies in St. Louis. And apparently the brewers have taken the key ingredients of Dad's Scotch Oatmeal Cookies and incorporated them into an oatmeal cream stout that's a beer. <laughs> this stout is velvety smooth with a creamy mouthfeel. Hints of chocolate, cinnamon, caramel, oat, raisin, and vanilla combined to create this liquid cookie. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's crack the top off this thing, huh? Oh, yeah. This is not in a can. Right. I'm going to send this one, Ready? I'm going to send it. Ooh. Oh, oh no. that's That's legit.
2: I, I think you just broke a window. Yeah. yeah, I've never bing, 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 bing. even tried to do the lighter thing because I just know I'm going to mess it up. Well, it's pretty much all I learned in
0: college. So mm. It's, it's mm. all or nothing. Either you look cool or you look really lame not making it work. Yeah. Yeah. Practice makes perfect. <laughs> just want to point out that the bottle cap says we love beer on it. So they're doing what they love. Cheers.
1: It's pretty chill. There is something like the raisiny, like, Cinnamon thing going on there. That's good.
2: But it's Ooh. subtle. It's subtle at the end. It's good. Yeah. I really dig it. How many alcohols does this have in it? That's
0: all just the make, Bob just cares about. Sure I'm just
1: making No, I'm just making sure I set myself up for the rest of the day. I got, I got some work to do later. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it kind of tastes like um carbonated milk after the bowl of raisin bran
1: or raisin bran crunch because it got that little extra sweetness.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you definitely get the raisin in there, oatmeal, and it's subtle. It's not over the top,
0: and uh, it's pretty chill. I dig it. Yeah, it's uh, better than it sounds. It's very, the carbonation <laughs> is interesting in this one.
1: Yeah, a little bit more than I would expect.
0: Yeah, almost like the carbonation from a soda. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we'll be burping. More than usual. Mm. Right, those are all edited <laughs> out,
2: I'm sure. <laughs> Well, I, well, ours are. Yours are always in. Thank yeah. you.
1: <laughs> We've got a burp remover plug-in we use. It's pretty. I
0: intense. heard about some guys who, uh, throughout their time in quarantine, got together and, I guess, instead of creating a Walker Texas Ranger podcast, they just each recorded their farts every day and then <laughs> created an online library of fart noises, which they're selling access to. Is it $2 a month?
1: Okay, is a subscription based. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Equally useful use of their time, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, Walker Texas Ranger is almost universal, but farts are universal. So,
1: it's yeah. true. It's
2: true. Our
0: friend uh, Nate, who's a recording engineer,
2: one of the producers he worked with back in the day, they'd have a DAT machine in the studio with a microphone plugged directly into it. In the control room, and anytime anyone had to fart, they'd just record it to dat. So they'd just have a whole cassette of fart sounds. Are they from famous people? Maybe. I don't know. If you listen hard enough, you might be able to tell if it was, like, somebody, you know? Probably by the reaction. Like, you hear the fart, and then it's like, I
1: ain't over some of your hometown brackets! <laughs> Is, would like Shazam pick up the fart? Know who it is?
2: <laughs>
0: it could be. We could get some AI on
2: that. Yeah. yeah. Can you guys guess who my fart was? Rod Stewart. Well, yeah. See, yeah. see, that's how you would tell if yeah. you listen to that dad tape. <laughs> all right, all right, Evan, what do you got? Rocks <laughs> and... <laughs> Well, it sounds like you got to do a Brian Adams cut, Bob. Wow.
1: Well.
0: <laughs> Mine was totally fictitious because, as we all know, Sting doesn't fart. He also doesn't poop. No, his mm-hmm. his rear end is sealed. He's trans. Yeah, he's transcendent. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Everything I do,
2: <laughs> do it for, for poop. you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, there's the
2: trifecta right there.
0: We've done it. So, those of you who uh, want access to that, you just got it for free. So, there you go. <laughs> Celebrity fart tapes. <laughs> uh, Wow. Okay. We've come out firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Uh, th- literally. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Or firing on one cylinder, really, but hey,
2: who's counting? (laughs) Yeah. Well, as you guys know, for me, it was kind of a shitty week. We lost our longtime pal and cat, Gimpy, and uh, we had to put him down this week. He had had diabetes for a while, but got over it for a bit. And then they kind of came back the last month, and we thought he was getting better, but then he was like unable to eat. He'd want to eat, but he'd try to paw it into his mouth with one paw in this weird way. We took him in, and it turned out he had like a tumor down his throat. So Mm. it was like he can't even eat. And uh, since he had diabetes, they couldn't do any treatment or anything. So we had to put him down on Tuesday, and that was tough. Um, But uh, Gimp's been a part of Roundhouse Roulette since inception. Really? He really has, yeah. He uh was actually a part of the secret origin of Roundhouse Roulette, was he not?
1: I'd say he was like a one of the architects mm-hmm. <laughs> inspiration and you know.
0: I would say as far as cats go, Gimpy probably watched more episodes of Walker Texas Ranger than most other cats out there.
1: <laughs> it's also, yeah, it's, I'm sure that's true. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I I'd say so. Um we took him home after we got the diagnosis and we're like well we're gonna give him as like the best normal night we can so we played annoying records for him um you gotta, i mean if i if my last night i was like i'm gonna listen to kind of blue so we, we we jammed on that did all that stuff and then he usually would watch tv with us on the couch and stuff so We uh, were like, what would we usually do? And we're like, well, I guess we'd watch Walker. Mm. So we watched this episode with him. He was in his basket full of blankets, which is where he usually liked to hang out. And then once we started watching something, he'd come over to the couch and hang with us and usually sit on Sarah's legs. He came over and we watched this episode. And I mean, it's going to be hard for me to gauge episodes because usually if he fell asleep, you know, It was easy for me to know if the episode was good or not, but, but I will say in this episode, every time there was an eagle cry, he definitely perked up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Nice.
2: (laughs) Which I'm sure we'll get into later. That's a good Um, one. Yeah. So he was more
1: than one of the architects. He's also a ongoing consultant of the podcast.
2: Most definitely. Yeah, Yeah. And I've got some pictures here for those who haven't heard our Secret Origin of Roundhouse Roulette podcast. We kind of started this with a spinning episode wheel selector. It was a roulette wheel. Yeah, of 12 episodes that we selected, and you could spin it. We got together and had a a walker weekend. Once COVID-19 hit, it formed into this podcast, but uh, (laughs) I've got some pictures of Gimp from around that time. Once we spun an episode on the wheel, the way we denoted that the episode was already watched was a cutout of CD's head. (laughs) (laughs) Bob and I literally went to Staples and got sheets of CD's head printed out and then had to cut them all out. And Gimpy was such a patient cat that... He was so chill <laughs> that he literally let us put multiple versions of paper, CDs, heads all on top of them.
0: <laughs> so we'll definitely pop that up on the socials for you guys to check out. I will say that that photo was uh, texted to me prior to my arrival, and I had no idea what was going on. Oh,
1: right. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> like, let's just send this to Evan and not tell him anything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No context, <laughs> Cat with a bunch of CDs on him. Okay.
2: <laughs> we even got a pic of him with the uh, Western Pistol and the legendary Fidget Spinner, which was the linchpin of our selector wheel. He put his paw out and was fidget spinning. <laughs> it was pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to miss Gimp, and uh, we just wanted to give him a shout out this episode. But I've even got
0: some pictures of a gift from Evan's cat, to Delilah. That's right, yeah. Delilah actually sent Gimpy a a Christmas gift a while back. It was really nice. A Grumpy Cat party mix. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Some Frisky's party mix that was branded with Grumpy Cat. Uh, (laughs) For those of you who've already forgotten, Grumpy Cat was a meme cat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That had, had, uh, you know, maybe a year and a half of fame, which I would say probably peaked with having a Frisky's party mix named after him. Yeah, but uh, Gimpy was uh, savoring those treats here, I see. Look, looks like it was good. Were they like cheddar flavor or something? Oh, they're mm-hmm. original. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, hopefully it had some cheese. But yeah, Gimpy also had a bow tie in this picture,
0: which is pretty svelte. Gimpy did rock the bow tie. We have a photo of Gimpy on our bridge so that Delilah remembers her cousin. And the photo's got a, a bow tie on. So. <laughs> I like think a plaid one. Very classy. There's a
2: ton of stories we have that Gimpy's been through. He actually was a trailer park cat who had his back legs broken. He came with the name Gimpy. So that name itself got him into a few scenarios. But we lived in an apartment in downtown Nashville that you could look out and see like the downtown skyline. It was an old brick house that I think used to be a dance studio. But the owner turned it into like some loft apartments and it was kind of funky He's an artist, really cool guy, Jim DeVault. Uh, He does some very unique, like, wood structures, and he's been featured on the local Tennessee arts programs and stuff. But he built that all into the house as well, so really funky place. But Gimpy, he'd hang out at the windows and look out at the birds, and occasionally he'd get outside and get up on the roof, that kind of thing. But usually we tried to keep him inside because he was mainly an indoor cat. That being said, one of the other neighbors had a black cat whose name was Special Agent Jack Bauer. (laughs) And every once in a while, we'd see, like, black paws come from the hallway into our apartment under the door. And so so he and Gimpy would go back and forth between. It was pretty classic. But uh, Jack Bauer's owner was like, hey, you can do whatever you want. Like, literally, this cat is climbing over the roof of, like, a two-story building in downtown and had free reign at the whole place.
0: And poor Gimpy was locked <laughs> away with us. Can describe the picture? Uh, you've got Gimpy looking out a window out across the roof. And right at the sort of peak of the roof, way back, maybe like 40 feet away, is this tiny black cat staring <laughs> directly at Gimpy. <laughs> Taunting Gimpy Agent Jack Bauer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> And then the next shot is Jack Bauer literally up against the window and Gimpy looking at him like, don't yeah. even come in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't even think about it. <laughs> Keep your distance. But the crazy story with that was sometimes we'd leave that window open so Gimpy could get some of the fresh air. He'd like to hang out there with the screen open too. And we must have gone somewhere. And we came back and the screen was busted out. And both Jack Bauer and Gimpy were hanging out together, just chilling right by that window on the roof. So they buried the hatchet eventually. They they did. I think it was like a solidarity thing. Jack Bauer's like, I'm going to get you out of (laughs) here. Bust you (laughs) out. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty classic. So we don't know how old he was exactly, but he's been with us over 10 years. And as you can see from this last shot, he's been living the retired life up until now. Seems like a pretty happy cat.
1: Yeah. Enjoying the golden years.
2: Yeah, he definitely soaked in a lot of walker in his golden
1: years.
2: (laughs) That's the demographic for walkers, people in their golden years. (laughs) Well, I don't know how we fit into that, but... uh, (laughs) Uh-oh. Oh, Oh boy. (laughs) Starting early. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe we are in our golden years. (laughs) 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 Hey, at least Uh, they're not behind us, right? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Evan and I never had pets growing up. Kimpy was my first real pet, and it was really hard this week to be without him. We're like, it would be nice to dig him a grave on the property if we can. And we found a spot, and Sarah and I are in the front yard, and a car pulled into our driveway. And a girl got out, and I'm like, is this like a neighbor who's going to be like, why are you digging a big hole in your, in your front yard? You've been working on it for a few days, you know, that kind of thing. And she got out with a pizza. For those of you who have listened to our podcast where we talk about wishbone um, <laughs> and how I stole a technique from wishbone to make up to a friend by delivering a pizza. Well, that friend that I did that to, Kevin Wallach, he reverse wishboned us. <laughs> he, he sent us a condolence pizza for the Gimster, but mm. big shout out to him. But That was really thoughtful for him to do that. But uh, we've got Gimp here, and he's got some really nice flowers, and, and he's going to be hanging out with a lot of birds and probably getting a few of them, I would think. So That's the way to do it. Just wanted to make sure we gave a shout-out to our fourth member of the podcast, Gimpy. We're going to miss you, buddy.
1: Hmm. Chief architect and senior consultant.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Cheers to the Gimp. Salute. Ev, you want to take this next one? Uh yeah, we would love to shout out our new patron, Lil Mo Sizzleck, <laughs> a uh, Simpsons reference. And, uh, you know, we'd just love to give them a uh,
2: little bit of a shout out here on the pod. Yep, they became one of our patrons at the Ranger level, and we currently have two levels. We're trying to keep it simple. Um the ranger levels five dollars a month and you become a member of Texas's most elite law enforcement team. And not only can you ace a bullseye while doing kung fu, but you can also communicate with animals, deliver mm-hmm. babies, and intimidate time into slow motion. So all for five bucks a month. You're probably a damn good substitute teacher too. Yeah, yeah. And as a bonus, you're gonna get exclusive content from us on Patreon. A shout-out on the podcast here in a Roundhouse Roulette sticker. So thank you, Lil Mo, for helping us make this podcast happen. Uh, We also have another level, which is at a lower rate. Uh, It's Criminal Mastermind for $1 a month. Have the peace of mind of knowing that without bad guys like you, Roundhouse Roulette would not
0: exist. And for those of you who are interested in how much that would cost over the year... Oh, you're going to do the math, huh? Yeah, that would be $12 a year. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a bargain to me. For our current
2: patron members, we're going to be adding to our Chuck Norris Walker, Texas Ranger Library. And we're going to be making available the rare 1976 issue of The Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, which has an interview with Chuck Norris and some awesome illustrations of Chuck Norris. A picture of Chuck Norris with Stan Lee. A picture of Chuck Norris with comics icon Jack Kirby. And then a feature on the International Karate League, which he was spearheading at the time. And there's some pictures of him recreating some of his famous fights. But most notably, there's a picture of him breaking concrete blocks on this guy's stomach while a 1970s Geraldo Rivera looks on.
1: You can't make this up, folks. It's real. I'm looking
2: at it. So this is going to be available for our patrons, and we've got a lot more ridiculous stuff coming.
0: So we'd like to thank everyone who bought a Round Us Roulette t-shirt throughout the month of March to help us support the Texas recovery efforts after the deep freeze there Mm -hmm. and the power outages uh, and all the freezing damages with the plumbing and all that. It looked pretty awful. We're recording this podcast in the last week of March, so we'll give you a donation update once we have the final numbers but a quick shout out to our friends Gilbert and Francisco of Fort Worth's Talented Slackers podcast who both pitched in for the cause. They're currently working their way chronologically through season three of Walker Texas Rangers so if you want an uncensored take on the show from three actual Texans, give them a listen. They also listen to the show in real time too so it's like watching it with with some people who have a bit more background info than we do for sure. Yeah, yeah. They're awesome.
1: Our boy Gilbert at the Talented Slackers, he said, Shout out to Adam and the boys at Roundhouse Pod. Swag came in, and now I'm ready for anything. I've been empowered with my own Chuck Norris shoulder angel. I can do (laughs) no wrong.
2: (laughs) I had to throw in the Chuck Norris action figure we had. I figured if anyone needed a Chuck Norris action figure, it was those guys.
1: Yeah, they would definitely appreciate it more than most.
2: (laughs) His shoulder angel asterisk ass kicker. (laughs) in the podcast i was listening to about the snyder cut he was like literally playing with it you could hear it (laughs) you know the sounds well yeah he does
0: it does like this weird back kick it's very strange yeah i guess he was hanging out with wally the depressing pixar robot (laughs) so hopefully bringing a bit more positive energy to the party than wally was (laughs) yeah all right well we got a lot to cover here for those of you at home who don't want any spoilers, hit that pause button, give a watch to Season 2, Episode 11, The Legend of Running Bear, and come <laughs> on back to us. Welcome back. Let's dig in. This episode originally aired on January 8th, 1994, so, you know, kind of New Year's episode here. Mm. And it uh, opens up on Walker uh, saddling up his trusty Pinto horse. Is he on a Native American reservation? We are not sure, uh, but he is surrounded by people who have been enlisted to at least portray (laughs) Native Americans on horses. Okay. And we know that they are because all those people are shirtless and on horseback.
2: And Walker is anything but shirtless. Bob, do you want to describe Walker's getup here?
1: Uh, I think he's got the full denim, right? Yeah,
0: it's, it's one word.
1: Just denim? yeah (laughs) denim and a hat
0: Mm. (laughs) true true yeah i think if there's one person to display the durability and breathability of denim (laughs) it would be chuck norris oh yeah yeah he he looks damn fine on it
2: and i'll go raise there too and i guess they're going to have like some sort of race and you're like oh no Walker's going to beat these guys.
1: Yeah, I actually, I was like, is he going to win? Then I was like, why did I even ask myself that question?
0: Of course he's going to win. Yeah. So, yeah, Ray's like, like, oh, I wish you luck on this race. And Walker's like, man, did I really have to come out to this? This doesn't really suit my style. And Ray's like, those spirits say you have the spirit of a warrior. And Walker's kind of like, you know. Wise cracking the spirits a bit, you know. This yeah. is part of his character arc. Where He's kind
2: of playing like the the, the annoying teenager, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Walker, he hasn't quite bought in. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> He's fifty, but <laughs> <laughs> but playing a thirty year old. <laughs> so he kind of playfully is like, eh, whatever, you know, Uncle Ray, who is played by Floyd Red Crow Westerman in this episode, uh, respect
0: still the og right absolutely so yeah this race commences and as expected even though he's decked out in full-on denim uh he completely trounces everybody else in this horse race (laughs) and um it's like oh well you know the spirits you know are they happy now and uncle ray is all like you better respect those spirits time for you to visit the sweat lodge Right. let hit it. <laughs> and he's like, I thought I was already
2: in a sweat lodge. I was literally in a horse race in full denim. He doesn't break a sweat at all.
0: <laughs> that's probably because this race features some really, really bold shots of Chuck Norris' stunt double on a horse. Yeah, Like flagrant. If you just pause Not it, you're close. like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a guy dressed as Chuck Norris. And then Chuck was in his air-conditioned trailer, walked out mm. as it should be. And, uh, yeah, with that little Rye comment about the uh, sweat lodge, you know, and Walker's all like, again? angsty teen. Yeah. Cut to the credits here. This is kind of like a cold open. A little foreshadowing that we're going to get some Native
2: American themes. If the uh, episode title, The Legend of Running Bear
0: didn't already give you that vibe. I wasn't sure. I thought it might be a better road race. So yeah, we come back from the credits, and Walker and Trivette are cruising in uh, Walker's season two vehicle, a GMC gray truck. Mm. Inferior. It becomes pretty clear that uh, Trivette and Walker are going to be doing the sweat lodge together, and this is Trivette's first experience with a sweat lodge, so he's really into it. He's like, "Where is the sweat lodge, Walker? Where's the sweat lodge?" And they
2: roll up at this like field in the middle of nowhere. And there's this tiny
0: hut. And I guess Trevette was, like, thinking it would look like a spa or something. He's like, this is it? But before that, we actually meet the protagonist slash old friend slash cousin in this episode. And this is David. And David has a girlfriend named Sally. And we learn from the uh, incessant heckling of a uh, rowdy group of Native Americans who live on the reservation.
2: Um, yeah. And they kind of resent David because David left the reservation to go to school and he's coming back, I guess, to visit Sally. Is that right? She's still on the reservation. Is that how mm. it is? Okay. Yep. And yeah. so when he comes back, they're like, you don't have a right to be here because you left. City boy. Yeah. It's kind of like Walker. In Walker, Texas Ranger, he's part Native American. And, you know, Chuck Norris himself, he's a quarter Native American, just for the record.
0: Well, this rowdy group is fronted up by uh, Jonathan Joss, who we've actually seen in a prior episode. And we already pointed out the fact that he plays Chief Ken Hotate, who's the chief of the fictitious Wamapoke tribe in Parks and Recreation. Uh... Oh, was that him again? Yeah. He played a younger Uncle Ray, right? Yeah, he's actually in like a ton of episodes for Walker. He's in like five other episodes all playing Uncle Ray. But in this, he's actually not playing Uncle Ray because Uncle Ray's actually there. Yep, this is his first show for Walker, Texas Ranger. So they were giving him a test drive in 1994. Okay. Okay. And he played Eddie, the loyal reservation bully basically (laughs) who you know is like in his 30s but playing basketball (laughs) 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 and he's like a master of the stink face Yeah, Yeah. he (laughs) gave the the ugly eye to to David multiple times in this episode it was pretty good
2: yeah I mean if someone's on your ball team and they leave you know you're gonna resent them you know Mm, it's like Mm -hmm. you know I had this guy I used to play music with he was in Nashville for a little bit I thought we went way back he played drums, and uh, I played guitar, and then he left Nashville, and I still resent that. Right. It must have hurt. It must have been really painful. hurt so good. hurt mm. so good. Do you call him a city
0: boy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or a Yankee, maybe? Yankee. Yeah, yeah. definitely a Yankee. Yeah. yeah. So now did
1: you guys notice the, uh, the uh, <laughs> hanging around the big oil drums with the fires in them, like city bum style? It only stood out to me because everyone was like wearing short sleeved t shirts, yet these guys are like standing around warming their
0: hands around these fires for no reason. <laughs> uh this it just to make them look a little more fierce. Maybe it's like NBA jam. They just want to like dunk the basketball in it so the basketball's on fire. It's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's heating up. <laughs> oh man yeah <laughs> anyways uh, this is when uh walker and trivet show up and we get a formal introduction with david and his girlfriend sally and we learn that david is actually walker's cousin yeah so yeah. hashtag old friend yeah. hashtag family so yeah walker and trivet they find the sweat lodge and trivet is kind of excited about it until he learns that uh they kind of go in there with no clothes on <laughs> and then he's a little weirded out because he's around a bunch of old dudes and his partner. But um, yeah, but Walker, it seems like he's done this before, stripping down with a bunch of dudes.
1: Oh yeah, yeah,
0: it's all yeah, times, right? yeah, for sure. There was no hesitation; just drops trow. Mm-hmm. and uh, Uncle Ray comes out and <laughs> he smudges both of them. Introvert's kind of like, "What is going on?" And they get into the lodge, and you know, Walker's kind of giving them the lay of the land. Everyone else is sort of silent, but Walker is kind of whispering under his breath, trying to introduce the people in the lodge, including David's grandfather, who's in there as well, who I guess is Walker's great uncle. Was David in the sweat lodge as well? He was not. David had to drive home because he goes to college. He goes to university. Oh, oh yeah. They said, hey, um, are you going to join the sweat lodge tonight? And he's like, oh, no, I've got to go study. Absolutely. He was probably kick drugs out of America kid, too. Possibly. (laughs) Um. So, yeah, David is on his way home, and he's rocking out to some sick jams in his tiny red hatchback.
1: Mm. It's a Chevy Mm. spirit, by the way. I looked that. up.
0: (laughs) You know, I will say that car is able to stop on a dime because (laughs) uh, he sees a car pulled over on the side of the road, and uh, this old guy stumbles out of the woods and falls down in the road, and he slams on the brakes big time. Like, that car stops, Mm -hmm. but... I had to rewatch this scene because the stunt guy is laying in the road and the car it almost runs the guy over like it, oh, <laughs> it's no. so close cuz the the stunt driver like slams on the brakes and the car is kind of like swiveling back and forth oh, as yeah. it and it it almost nails the guy wow. uh, it's a, it's a very close call <laughs> cuz there's a guy like we
2: don't know if he's dead or not he's lying in the middle of the road and David's speeding up. He stops, as you say, almost runs him over, <laughs> runs <laughs> over to him. And
0: who is this guy who's lying down there? Charlie Three Feathers, who we learned earlier on from the, the group of hecklers. Charlie Three Feathers is, I believe, the father of David's girlfriend and doesn't really like David. Maybe some bad blood because he left the reservation and Three Feathers... You know, may not
2: approve of his relationship with his daughter. So he finds him there. And Three Feathers is like, they're after me. And he hands David this key. And he's like, get out of here.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. He dies in a badly acted way. (laughs) (laughs) The classic. "Uh, uh, uh." (laughs) And just as he dies, the guns start firing. And these two guys out in the woods are shooting at him. And they're yelling at David Little Eagle. Because yeah. they know who he is. And he just beats feet right out of there. Gets right into that little Chevy. Heads on down the road.
0: Pedal to the metal. <laughs> just so you know, Charlie Three Feathers acted in three shows. I think you guys can figure out what three shows this actor acted in. All right. Dr. Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. No. Nope. Oh. Think a little further back. Dallas? Yep. Nice. Okay. And then one more after that. Wishbone. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's the quintessential walker actor oh wow dallas wishbone walker yeah yeah that's like better than the egot <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean these two white guys in like bolo ties with yeah. big guns just sort of run out of the woods shout out david's name <laughs> david little eagle yeah and then they open fire on him like if they wanted to draw attention to themselves they couldn't do it more ridiculously than right. that, I think. Yeah. Why call out his name other
2: than for like the plot to be like, oh, they knew my name, which I don't even know if that even mattered.
0: Mm.
2: In the end, it didn't. It could have. <laughs> no. It could have. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think it was mentioned that they knew who he was. It was, yeah. it was yeah. mentioned it again, again but it, yeah.
2: it didn't pay off in any way. Uh, no. No. It's implied that those guys killed three feathers.
0: One would assume, yeah. Or he could have just had a heart attack. It's true. He was just sort of holding his back. There was no blood or anything, so we kind of yeah. were left to
2: draw some conclusions. It could have been a coincidence that two guys with guns were just hanging out there at the same time.
0: True, true. Just yeah. throwing that out there. So, so uh, Walker and Trevette, they get out of the sweat lodge, and, you know, of course... Trivet is floored by the experience and has to crawl out because he's so overtaken with exhaustion. But Walker, he just stands up and walks out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was no problem for him. Once It was like, this is old hat. Yeah. Did he have a vision while he was in there? We don't really hear about it just then, but uh, he kind of starts recounting it to CD later on at the bar. Okay. Okay. Um, But CD starts talking about his own sweat lodge experience. Which is, um, you know, he starts talking about how he sort of saw some bodacious seductress (laughs) uh, in his vision. And he's just about to uh, describe what she said to him when hashtag old friend Mabel comes in. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. Mabel is. um, She's in a bunch of episodes, right? To begin with, but, you know, I kind of looked up why that may have happened, and it's because this actress, Lou Hancock, actually passed away in 1994, so... Oh, that's too bad, yeah. She kind of was like CD's
2: girlfriend-ish, maybe, or love Uh,
0: interest? Slam, bam, thank you, ma'am, yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Can we get into this here? So she, well, first, so she walks in, and she's about CD's age, and prevents him from telling an unsavory uh, sexual story... Um, they they kind of look like they could be <laughs> siblings quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually from the way she was talking it sounded like she might work as like a clerk at the ranger station, right? Cuz she was talking about getting information or something.
0: Yeah, at the DA's office or something.
2: Maybe that's where they hooked up, you know. The classic CD experience here.
1: It's very CD. Very CD like what CD said before this when he said she'd make a hound dog hug a bear. <laughs> you bet. talking about a pretty mouth or something. It was got weird when he was talking about yeah, his vision.
0: Her soft, beautiful lips parted and she was about to say this and then Mabel came in and <laughs> ruined everything. She's very loud,
2: kind of brash and kind of takes charge of everything and puts CD in his place and they kind of
0: go at each other's throats a little bit, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Well, we learned that she invited CD over for dinner, and all he did was eat pot roast and leave. He didn't even loosen his tie. Mm. You know, she cooked him some pot roast to try to get a little snuggling, and uh, <laughs> CD didn't want none of that. She goes, "Yeah, it was just wham-bam. Thank you, ma'am," and then you were gone. Yeah, I, I think
1: that implies something else.
0: <laughs> yeah, I heard that and kind of assumed something else had happened, but then we got the pot roast story. So I'm yeah. just going with no euphemisms, straight up Texan talk, and uh, we're moving on. Yeah, hopefully eating pot roast wasn't a euphemism. Okay, okay. let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> so they kind of snap at each other, and uh, CD sends her out. He says he's got an image to maintain. What kind of image is uh, is he is he trying to? <laughs>
1: Well, an upstanding business owner. He can't be some floozy that's, you know, just all over town. Yeah, okay. Okay. You know I mean? He's yeah.
2: got to... This deserves being dug into here, guys. I mean, we need to... We, this is, I know we're, know we're spending a lot on this moment, but there's as, a lot here to unpack.
0: As far as the podcast goes, I think CD's images, he's the kind of guy who will... Um, Flip over a car hood when he has to, take <laughs> a punch when he has to, and uh, he'll pull a shotgun on anyone who comes in and tries to hold him up. Okay, yeah. He's not going to be in love. No way. No. Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah. Nope. He can't be tamed. He can start telling
2: an unsavory story, but he won't finish it. That's the kind of guy he is. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It seems right. Well, good for him, and uh, hopefully we'll see some more episodes with Mabel in it, because it was kind of fun to see them argue. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed it. You guys didn't. Okay. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
0: So, uh, yeah, Walker actually learns about how David has been absent and uh, been missing for three days. And uh, nobody knows where he is. He and Trevet are like, wait, that's like around the period of time that we saw him. That's the same day that Charlie Three Feathers actually died. So we got to figure out what's going on with with David here. He might be involved. So they head on over to his apartment and the apartment has two guys in like a government issue vehicle waiting outside. (laughs) Um, And we see them a lot doing this in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of expecting Walker to just kind of walk up to the car cuz in later episodes he'd notice that they were there. Yeah. Walker
2: pulled out from this place, right? And the moment he pulled out, the guys drove like 8 yards
0: and pulled into the parking spot. It was like
2: it was not yeah. subtle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throughout the whole episode, they're just like there. But spoiler alert, Walker never does the classic Walker trick of like sneaking up on the people doing surveillance. Early episodes here, so. Yeah, this is of, technically the first season. A lot of the tropes haven't settled in. Mm-hmm. So, they visit his apartment, and no one answers the door, but the door's unlocked, and the place has been ransacked. And they're all like, oh, man, what the heck happened here? I really hope he's not involved, but people are looking for something. And uh, just then, David's girlfriend, Sally, walks in, and she acts all surprised to see the place like that, but it's pretty clear something's wrong. Mm-hmm. She says she has no idea where David is and, you know, she's hasn't seen him since they saw him and, you know, then she leaves and Walker, his spidey sense is tingling and he's like she knows something and Right. He and Trevor are sort of waiting for her to leave so they can follow her hopefully to David. Right. But uh someone comes in and ruins the party when Sally starts walking back to her car. A sweet 80s Ford Astro van rolls up. <laughs> And of course, the
2: guys get out and kidnap her. Side door rolls open.
1: Yeah, let's get her. <laughs> and uh, they peel off, and then Walker and Trevetter are in their truck. They see this happen, and they of course make a really slow three-point turn to get out of there. Oh yeah, <laughs> they made a point to cut where Walker looks behind him to back out of the driveway he had just pulled into. I was yep. like, okay, we're going
0: to show. Okay, that's important. <laughs> Safety first. Also, they show him buckling a (laughs) seatbelt. Oh, always.
1: Yeah. I I didn't notice that, but I have in other episodes. Maybe I'm just so used to it now. (laughs) But they go after this van and a little bit of a car chase. Truck goes over some pretty cool jumps.
2: Got like three feet of air that time. (laughs) (laughs) And at the onset of this whole thing, like when the Astro van pulls out and then Walker pulls out after that, they cut to the two creepy guys in their car and they're like, pretty exciting
0: neighborhood to be in today. (laughs) Like you're like, okay. I was like, yeah, it is. There's a car chase about to happen.
1: (laughs) At one point during this car chase, the Astro van does this whip, you know <laughs> you turn in the middle of the street and it just looks so hilarious <laughs>
0: the car like like ch- that just, chunks of rubber flying off the oh, tires yeah
1: i'm like they're really oh, man.
0: <laughs> tearing yeah. it up astro van just look like a children's toy block with like tiny little wheels <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know and they're sort of weaving through traffic and all this stuff i'm like you know this is a ford astro van with like five grown humans in it and you've got it's being chased down by a gmc truck that's you know got all the bells and whistles like how are they possibly getting away from this truck i don't understand this and just as i was trying to figure out what was going on they actually hit traffic
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's just great i was like this is very realistic but very unlike walker (laughs) and they're going up over a bridge and and it's just a standstill
2: Mm. like, oh. "Poor planning. You don't do an abduction during rush hour." No,
1: you don't. Yeah, it's a rookie rookie mistake.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: But once they hit that traffic, the guys in the minivan jump out and they take Sally down this embankment or something and then
2: Yeah, it's like an overpass kind of thing. Does Walker jump down or something yeah. on them or something? It's like, yeah, he jumps on one of the dudes. <laughs> he jumps and one down of the guys turns back and <laughs> takes a shot at Trivette just after that Walker comes down on top of him. They make pretty short work of it, though. There wasn't a lot of labor. No. Yeah. A moderate scuffle at best. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then they kind of rescue Sally. And and this is the linchpin
0: in getting Sally to trust Walker and Trivette to let them know where David is. Yeah. So they find out that David is actually staying in a hotel. They go and visit him with Sally. And Walker gives him the old cousin stare. And David just totally opens up. And tells his story and gives Walker this key that he was given by Charlie Three Feathers. And Walker and Trevetta are like, oh, it's a safety deposit box key. We'll check out and figure out what this is all about. Yeah. You know, he's all like, David, for some reason, we got to get you back to the reservation to tell the elders what happened. But it's not exactly clear that they're doing that. Right. We're going to bring you back to the place where people tried to kill you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Makes sense. So, cut to David in a teepee with Walker, Uncle Ray, and I guess David's grandfather. Yeah. Who is played by one man and, dare I say, voiced by another? (laughs) Certainly seemed like it. Yeah. God. Like, the most... That's easily one of the most ridiculous (laughs) overdubs I've ever heard. Yeah. The first time I heard it, I was like, did did his lips really move with that? And the second time, I'm like, no, they didn't. And why did they do this? (laughs) The guy's like talking to him and telling the story of the legend of Running Bear. This is where we get spoon-fed the title of the episode. Yes. But the overdub for this guy's voice is like, it's like the lowest thing imaginable <laughs> so we hear the legend of running bear which is basically a story about a child who his mind gets filled with ideas that he was going to become an eagle and no one believed him until one day he spoke to an eagle and he became an eagle
1: <laughs> i'm not sure where the bear came in but
0: yeah <laughs> yeah uh, well, his name was running bear but he became an eagle
1: all oh, right okay i guess that makes sense
0: does it though
2: (laughs) wasn't there some parallel to him leaving the reservation
0: and not having a home or something yeah it's supposed to be like the story of how like david you know he wanted to learn things he couldn't learn on the reservation so he left for school or something i guess
2: but there was no like good resolution to the story though right
0: no he never came back (laughs) right yeah
2: yeah what was the point of the legend was there one i don't think there was
0: there's an eagle It was a bald eagle, Adam. That's the point. Yeah, the point is the (laughs) most important character of this episode was introduced, and that would be the bald eagle stock footage (laughs) they used. All right, so how did they introduce that in Legend? Well, he wanted to become an eagle, and so then he talked to an eagle and became an eagle and never came back, Okay, and that that was Running Bear. So I guess we're led to assume that any other time we see an eagle in this episode, it's Running Bear? Or is it the eagle mm. that helped running bear? I think it's the eagle that helped running bear. Okay. Right, because it ends up helping Walker
2: later, but mm. we'll get there. I remember hearing the story. I'm like, this is an obvious parallel to him leaving the reservation, but it's not really providing any advice, really, for him either. No. As those stories typically do. It was just like kind of like, okay, whatever, whatever.
1: Well, I was impressed that they didn't use hawk sounds for the eagle.
0: Yeah, although I will say that um I'm not really sure they're bald eagle sounds either. It's, but clo- they, it's closer to a bald eagle than a hawk, though. Right? It is, yeah. So bald eagles, everyone likes to think that bald eagles make those like the screaming sound. And so like in, in movies they always use a red tailed hawk's call because that's like instantly recognizable as like a raptor or something, but bald eagles make this really lame kind of whistling whimper sound. <laughs> yeah. Which it's <laughs> kind of like the sounds they used in this episode, but not quite right. But they're on the right path. They use some ridiculously awesome stock footage of bald eagles in this. So while David's grandfather's telling the legend of Running Bear, uh, we get a reenactment here. And that's when we see a young boy dressed in moccasins and things running around through the woods <laughs> and uh, looking up into the sky occasionally. And he sees an eagle. And the eagle clearly sees him, and we know this because we get eagle vision. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, nowadays, it would be really easy to get this with a drone. But I was thinking about it. I think to get these shots, and they use eagle vision a lot in this episode. Mm, It's fantastic. You think it was a crane shot? I think they used a helicopter. Oh. Because it's really unstable. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anyways, uh, while they're at the reservation, Walker's like, you heard the voice of these guys even though you didn't see them which blows my mind because they saw him and they saw him well enough to know who he was yeah and he didn't look up and see who they were he would have immediately known who they were well i mean they were shooting at you so
2: i don't blame i yeah i wouldn't i mean how
0: would you act in a situation like that i do exactly (laughs) what david did evan damn
2: get my chevy and put the
1: pedal to the metal Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hopefully that banging song is still on. (laughs) Some ridiculous song was on. It was like, double trouble. (laughs) (laughs) So they decided to go around the reservation and talk to everybody to see if he could recognize anyone's voice as the person who shouted out his name. But they had no luck there. We'll just walk
2: around and talk to everybody on the reservation, including those bullies who were (laughs) making fun of you earlier. And uh, they kind of have a weird altercation with them. And you're like man, are these bullies part of the bad guy's crew? We we don't know. Yeah, are they involved? Yeah, pretty much Walker's like, okay, well, you didn't recognize anybody, so I'm going to leave
0: you here at, it looks like the... uh, The
2: general store.
0: Yeah. No, it's clearly labeled as the reservation store. Okay. (laughs) That's what it's called. (laughs) Yeah, and, and Uncle Ray's just chilling in there, so
2: he leaves David with him and says, hey, Uncle Ray, can you watch David for me? And Uncle Ray
0: does a good job at this. but And then Walker, where is he head? I guess he's going back because they're trying to get a warrant to open up the safety deposit box. They figured out what bank it was for. So he's rushing back to check out the box. But um, he's interrupted because as soon as he leaves, <laughs> the two guys who've been creeping around in the car, we learn that they're FBI agents and they immediately arrest David. And Uncle Ray doesn't say a word, yep. which I think... Is probably the most accurate part of this episode where, like, <laughs> Native Americans have been so downtrodden by any sort of white law enforcement that they know that it's just like, don't try to fight it. Don't say So, anything, he doesn't yeah. say anything. Pretty much, he's like, oh, well, I was supposed to watch you, but yeah, sure,
2: take him away.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. He watched him get taken away.
2: But Uncle Ray was useful because he was able to describe these guys to Walker later.
0: Well, not only that, he immediately calls Walker's sick car phone, proto cell phone. Yeah, and I think Walker
2: technically, like when he hears what happens, does the reverse bat turn in his truck. Oh, yeah. He just spins that sucker around and starts heading back towards the reservation, right? hmm And while this is happening, David's in the backseat of the car with the two FBI agents who murdered Three Feathers. So they pull over, kind of it looks around the same area where Three Feathers was. Yeah. So they might have been doing the same thing with three feathers. And they said, all right, we're going to let you go. They also pull out like their
0: guns, though. And David's like, you're just going to kill me. Yeah, We're going to hunt you for sport. But we're going to give you a good head start. David basically delays long enough for Walker to show up. But just as Walker's showing up, he runs into the woods. And one guy takes a shot and actually hits David in the leg mm-hmm. before Walker can see what's going on.
1: So at this point, I wasn't even sure if they were real FBI agents either. Yeah, I mean, right. I was like, these guys could just be acting. But then Walker meets them and kind of, he doesn't really trust them either, but he doesn't seem to be very concerned with their legitimacy.
2: Right. He just, he just like, sees their badge flash yeah. and they're like, okay, all right, these guys are legit. Maybe we can work within the system to free David. Walker goes with these two bad guy FBI agents into the woods and Walker goes first. I was like, oh, are they going to try to kill Walker? But they, yeah. obviously, they don't. They know not to mess with them.
0: Walker, he actually sees one of David's footprints and there's some blood. And so he suspects foul play and he doesn't really want to lead them to David. So he's like, well, guess we can't find him. But he has to leave David alone in the woods. And David is injured back at CD's bar, which is featured heavily in this episode. <laughs> yeah, he spent a lot of time at CD's. <laughs> yeah. They sort of lay down a plan. Walker's all like, okay, well, Alex just got the warrant for this box so Trivette, why don't you go with alex and you guys can see what's in this box that everyone wants to get at so much and i'm gonna go back to the woods and search for david and Trivette's all like but it's like you know it's nighttime are you gonna be all right marker's like i gotta give it a try (laughs) and um so yeah alex and Trivette they go to the uh the bank and they get the safety deposit box it's got the two keys and everything a great fanfare you know turn the two keys at the same time take the box out and the bank teller's all like well, there's a private room over here that you can look at the contents and they're like okay we'll take it there in the
2: private room has a window that you can look into
0: yeah well this whole time i'm like okay the fbi agents show up here the right. fbi right. agents show up here the fbi they're agents already in show the room right yeah. they're in No, then i guess they're Wait. in the room no they're nowhere <laughs> they start looking through this box and with no gloves on or anything just start picking up photos and all kinds <laughs> of other stuff um and they see a photo which has the two agents which neither one of them recognized because they'd never seen them before also a photo of an oil tycoon um which if there's one thing i've learned in watching these episodes is that texas law enforcement They know exactly what every oil tycoon looks like. (laughs) They can pick them out of a lineup like that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. He's an oil tycoon. They're celebrities. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Anyways, they keep pouring through the contents of this box, which just looks really boring. So (laughs) people editing this episode know that it's boring. And so they immediately cut to a zoom shot zooming in on uh, Chuck Norris shirtless alone he's in the sweat lodge with a fire going he's got his eyes closed and he starts hallucinating stock footage of a bald eagle <laughs> and there's a lot of sound a lot of a lot of uh, hawk sounds and eagle footage and cuts from him to the eagle and then back to him and his eyes snap open and then It starts to zoom in on him, but they clearly can't get close enough on that shot, so it cuts to another shot that they must have gotten earlier on. Oh, from the side. Yeah, Yeah. of his eyeball, and it zooms into his eyeball incredibly close, like into the pupil, and then (laughs) fades over to a shot of a bald eagle zooming out from its head. So at this point, they have now established that Chuck Norris can see through the eyes of a bald eagle. (laughs) And so, they have now established this link. Bluetooth is linked up. And uh, he can now see what the eagle sees. And he sees eagle vision of uh, David running through a grove of pine trees. Exactly, And he's like, oh, I know exactly where David is and
2: the path that he went because I'm literally seeing it through the eyes of an eagle. Mm -hmm. And And this is what we watch Walker, Texas Ranger for right here.
0: Yeah. And you might say, well, how does he possibly recognize that grove of pine trees it probably looks like a lot of them but uh that's the exact place where the uh legend of running bear footage was shot so he probably <laughs> just knows it from that <laughs> yeah that guy was a really good storyteller <laughs> yeah, story <laughs> <of him. laughs> oh man um so now we know like okay walker's on the case here and uh meanwhile back at cd's Trevette and Alex have thrown, uh, you know, any attempts to keep the uh, evidence within that safety deposit box pristine, they've now exposed all of it to the elements of C.D.'s bar and grill. Mm. They're pouring over the evidence and C.D.'s kind of sitting next to them, wondering what the heck is going on. And Trevette and Alex have this exchange of, oh, no, they didn't. Did they? They couldn't have. What? They did, what? And there's so much suspense. <laughs> yeah, we
2: have no idea what they're talking about. And they pull the taffy for a weird amount of time. CD
0: shares our frustration, too. He's like, what do you for mean? Sure.
1: What are you talking about? Tell me what you mean.
0: Right. And it's like, certainly it can't be worse than murdering Three Feathers, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, we don't have to wait too long. I mean, there was a commercial break there, so... um, You know, if we'd been watching this on TV, we really would have been dying in suspense. But we actually see Walker back on the reservation. He's packing up for a journey. And, you know, all he packs for a journey is basically a canteen, which uh, is all he needs. It's probably full of piss and vinegar, too. (laughs) It could be. It could be full of pearl beer. We don't really know. Um, Trevette shows up in his sick Pontiac, and he's like, oh, Walker, let me tell you what we found out these two fbi agents they're the worst of the bunch and they basically conspired with a local guy in the deeds office and this oil tycoon to basically redraw the property lines on the eastern border of the reservation so that it now included a uranium mine (laughs) Yeah. and uh, apparently three feathers found out and so they had him killed for it. Now this is like some really lazy and convoluted
2: exposition at the end of the episode. Wasn't that a weird data dump?
1: Yeah, it was I thought it was funny <laughs> though cuz it's just like we didn't know we didn't, we have no idea what's going on. Okay, here's exactly what's happening. Here's all <laughs> it's like, just like lays it all out. Yeah. Here's the whole
0: evil bad guy plan yeah. fully exposed.
2: <laughs> exactly. now here know. it is
0: and <laughs> now walker can do his thing i was surprised to hear them throwing out uh, uranium as something you could mine out of the ground in the states but apparently a very small percentage of the world uranium resources are mined out of the united states so that's mm-hmm. interesting the more you know yeah, yeah right <laughs> as you said it, it was an exposition dump but uh <laughs> you know that that is pretty low if if that were something that actually happened like come on now that's pretty horrible yeah so, yeah i guess it it kind of merited some real disbelief on their behalf um, but walker he's all like yeah okay i'm just gonna go find uh, david now he drives out to that grove of pine trees and what do you know he looks up boom bald eagle cow, boom.
2: Cow, cow.
0: Yep, yep. establishing network connection boom eagle vision engaged and we see the
2: same stock footage of the bald eagle against the blue sky mm. same footage the whole episode right it's just like oh i don't care <laughs> <laughs> i know you don't care but it was literally the same thing and you're just like oh this is awesome yeah
0: it's it's quite good stuff <laughs> so yeah it's about this time that they start getting like eagle vision of david running through the trees that i was thinking like oh i I guess they must have had to have gotten this with a helicopter. Like there's no other way that they could get like this overhead bird's eye view of someone running through the woods. And then I was like, oh, this is that episode with the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> so the helicopter sort of comes screaming over the trees and we realized it's got the two FBI agents in it. One of them has a machine gun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they can kind of see the same thing that Walker can through eagle vision and pretty rapidly they get a couple glimpses of david so they know he's around there somewhere yeah but uh walker is able to to catch up with david and he's all like shh do you hear that there's a helicopter it's like you you would have heard that miles away (laughs) (laughs) but he hides david in some trees and the helicopter tries to hunt them down and starts shooting wildly into the trees, but the two FBI agents, they're idiots and they're like, oh, we stand a much better chance on foot against Walker. So let's go try this out. Correct. Against Walker in the woods in his element. Come on now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And
1: then even worse, they decide to split up. Oh,
2: yeah. Kiss of death right there. I'll go this way. Right. And this next scene is probably one of my favorite Walker moments. Just classic. Kind of this reminiscent of the dollar trick from Last hope, oh, I mean, Trevette learned this from Walker, probably for sure. Walker telling stories of of this trick, so there's a bad guy with a gun walking along the edge of the woods and he comes into a clearing. He sees Walker's hat and it's next to a pile of leaves, and he reaches down to pick up the hat and pow. <laughs>
0: Walker kicks him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just kind of materializes out of this pile of leaves and immediately like grabs a guy by the arm and then does a judo kick to the face and the guy's out. Yeah, and knowing what was coming in this episode,
2: I was looking at any other shot of the woods. There were no leaves anywhere. He brought him himself. <laughs> he, he brought his own. He Maybe brought them from what, home. That's what he packed with him was a, a pile of leaves to do this like gotcha trap.
1: BYOL I think is what it is Bring Your Own Moves
0: This guy The guy who got taken out He's played by Steve Boyum This guy has been a stuntman For 72 different projects But the most interesting thing I think about this guy's career Is that he was an actor For like 20 years His last role Was as this agent In Walker <laughs> Texas Ranger <laughs> Oh wow This was the role that Made him stop acting And just doing stunts mm. So there you go getting kicked in the
2: face by Walker here in this gotcha trap as Walker hidden leaves and baited him, man, that would be a great tipping point to change your career. I think
0: it's so good, but yeah, apparently
2: I, I watched this on TV. (laughs) September 1st, 2016 is when I posted this up. So that's the last time I saw this episode. So good. This moment.
1: Imagine Walker setting all that stuff up and then laying there. And then what if the guy didn't even come by? And then he goes and finds David and then kills him. Meanwhile, Walker's just taking a nap under some leaves. It's That's broad it.
2: daylight, too. And That's
0: how are you going to cover yourself up with leaves? You can't tell if you're covered totally, right? Here's the question. In that shot right there, do you think he's still under the leaves? Because he's definitely in the in there, But in yeah. that first shot, is he under the leaves?
2: It might have looked bad
0: like to have someone under it.
2: Like, obviously, there's someone there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, you're right. I think it might just be leaves. <laughs> Either way, the end result is is, stellar. Is magnifique. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's like a
0: Cobra strike.
2: (laughs) This moment is one of my favorite Walker sneak attacks. So good. What
1: do we nickname this? It's not the Johnny Appleseed? (laughs) The the, the, the Rip
0: Van Winkle? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's pretty ridiculous. So he takes out one of the agents, (laughs) and the last agent's the real bad guy. And he actually is able to find David. He basically gets this look on his face like he's about to shoot David. But Walker jumps out and takes this dude out with a couple of roundhouse kicks. And he's, he's gone. So, like, not yeah. even close. Yeah, Or at least you like to think. Mm. But Walker's helping out David. And this guy pulls another gun out of his boot. But Walker's ready and just blasts the guy. Yeah, and you don't see
2: Walker just shoot people in later
0: seasons, so you can tell
2: this is earlier. But it kind of was like he was a quicker draw. Oh, yeah. it's pretty sick.
1: Mm. Sick, but not surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. he had no other choice, because they would have been gonzo if he didn't pull that. So. Yeah,
0: but he did just kill a federal agent. <laughs> Texas yeah, Ranger. Yeah, imagine how much paperwork there would be with that. Ooh, it'd be brutal. Talk about Rip Van Winkle. Yeah, just hide <laughs> under some leaves. It'll go away.
2: <laughs> wow. So, yep. Walker saved the day. He saved David. And they know what happened because we got that exposition dump. So, they don't even really need to get
0: into anything after that. Again, we close out in CDs, Bar and Grill. So, it's like four or five scenes in CDs this episode. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Trevette, he's just checking out. He's about to leave. But he's like, man, I just can't believe that there were these agents. They were federal agents. I can't believe this happened. And, you know, Walker gives the classic excuse when there's any sort of law enforcement that goes arise is, you know, it's just, it's always going to be a couple bad apples. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one ever
1: bothers to finish that, which is a few bad apples spoil the bunch. All right. But we don't care yeah. about Ooh. spoiling a bunch. We're just concerned about the bad apples. Yeah, he, yeah. He's
2: pruning. Walker can prune law enforcement with his handgun, maybe. Yeah. Mm, he did. <laughs> but this sets us up for. Kind of a comical way to end the episode. Alex and Walker sitting in a booth, and Alex is kind of grilling Walker. Walker, what visions did you have while you were in the sweat lodge? What were some of your visions? Tell me, Walker. Because he's just like, oh, No, I shouldn't really talk about it. Okay. Oh, oh come on. Come something. on, Walker. Yeah. Tell me. And he's like, Well, it was me and you. So like, oh,
0: What were we doing? (laughs) It was just us. I really shouldn't talk about this.
2: (laughs) And he has this cheesy grin and it really stretched this one out. (laughs) Danced around what they could be doing together. Mm. Finally, Alex pulls it out of him and Walker says, oh, we were just fishing.
0: (laughs) Freeze frame. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was pretty it, torturous it was
2: it was so good <laughs> uh, you know honestly there was some chemistry there between uh sherry j wilson and, and walker at that point i actually thought that was a good scene it was a good way to dance around a topic that people are thinking about but the show can't tackle
0: on network tv they hold hands too which is more yeah. than could be said for later seasons <laughs> right it was a fun way to close it out, and it was good. Well, that about sums up this episode. We'd love to give a shout out to our friend and collaborator, Adam Lauritsen, who's been drawing the amazing walker strations on our social media. Be sure to check out his other art on Instagram at AdamImaginationRunAmuck. When we come back, it'll be time for us to each rate The Legend of Running Bear on a scale of 0 to 10 boots to the face, resulting in our patented <laughs> Roundhouse Roulette episode ranking. The complete results of which are available on our website, roundhouseroulette.com. Don't go away.
1: What's that you say, you old fine feathered one?
0: Tweet, 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 tweet.
1: Adam accidentally left his wallet at Whataburger last night? E- Can you show me where it is? Threw your eagles out of mine? <laughs> Oh, that's just around the block. I'll swing by there now. Thank you, great wise eagle. He'll be very happy to you use your telekinesis for such a worthy cause, but likely embarrassed it highlighted his fast food addiction.
0: Wow, wow.
1: Oh, hey there, listener. Let's hop in the old gray pickup to see if we can't find Adam's wallet. While I've got you captive, we here at Roundhouse Roulette have pledged to deliver the light of Walker, Texas Ranger, to the world. If you'd like to lend us a hand in that mission, please share the pod with a friend, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Likewise, if you'd like to dress to impress, we've recently added some fresh new merch at roundhouseroulette.com, or hit up our Patreon page. Most importantly, though, thank you for listening and making our journey worthwhile. Oh look, there it is. Can you grab it for me? Ah, thanks.
2: Hold it right there. We've got you surrounded. Bob? You're the Whataburger Bandit?
1: What, me? Your partner? Your partner? I know this is going to sound crazy, but an eagle told me to drive to Whataburger, too. Save it
2: for the station, buddy. How quickly the good go bad. Take them away, boys. I can't wait to get off this case and shed this burger body.
1: Podcast listener, you best get back to the show. Hopefully the great wise eagle can show the way out of this unfortunate misunderstanding. Although, eagles can be wily and tricksters at heart. Oh, great eagle, you got me this time.
2: (laughs)
0: Welcome back uh, from that uh, window into our insanity. What did you guys think about this episode? I thought this episode
2: was kind of refreshing because it was an earlier one and we've been kind of into the mid to late walkers. As with the earlier ones, they're a little slower. There's a little more space, not as much excitement and bombast as some of the later episodes or bomb blasts (laughs) exactly (laughs) but what this one comes down to look walker communicated with an eagle and there was eagle vision okay walker hid in a pile of leaves and baited a bad guy and kicked him in the face that's it i mean that's great yeah but we had to wait a long time for that to happen that said definitely worth a watch i'm going to give this one a six
1: Yeah, I agree with you on the uh, eagle vision and the mysticism. That really helped out. Uh, And then the leaves thing was great. But we could have used a little bit more of that. Exactly. uh, There are a lot of things in this episode where I was kind of like, this is, like I've mentioned, the bird sounds being closer to real. Other things that were like a little bit better done, I think, if that makes any sense. I don't
2: know. It's... Mm -hmm. So It was too tasteful? Is that what you're saying?
1: Right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and, and I think, and I, and in this case, that kind of pulls it down. Because mm. uh, that ridiculousness is kind of what I'm looking for. Uh, yeah. But I think it all just kind of evened out for me, and I just went middle of the road on this one. I just gave it a five.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely love these earlier seasons. I think the character chemistry, as we talked about, is, is way better. You know, it's almost believable. (laughs) Um, But I think earlier in these episodes, they kind of have the unbelievable as well, which is, like, the fact that Walker is an active member in his tribe, which seems completely and totally unbelievable. (laughs) Well, if only judged by the way they treat David, then yes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like. And, like, David, as a character, is dating a woman who still lives on the reservation, and he's planning on coming back and practicing medicine at the reservation, whereas Walker lives off the reservation, comes back occasionally to trounce people in horse races <laughs> or or to bust criminals, and that's about it um, when an oil tycoon or another tycoon comes in. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Eagle Vision and Leaf Grab... I would say this episode, if it were a highlight reel, would be a 10. But uh, I think as an episode, it definitely drags on a bit and is lacking some of that action. Although, that car chase was pretty spot on. Mm, yeah, mm, that's true. Mm. You know, I that
1: don't know. The was pretty good. The, the
0: ending, young. though, didn't yeah. end in an
2: explosion. It ended in traffic. And the last thing people want to see in an action TV show is a traffic jam. Come on now. Yeah. It was, was yeah. realistic. Yeah yep, yep. <laughs> you're right it was too realistic <laughs> it was real good
0: they're like man I, we forgot to shut down traffic for our shooting <laughs> let's just yeah. roll with it yeah. um yeah so <laughs> i want to give this one a really great rating because of the ridiculous tropes that are in it but i can't really do that i gotta come down on like a, uh i guess a seven on this mm, Well, wow, okay Only because of Eagle Vision and... (laughs) You are a birder, so I get it. Absolutely, absolutely. Birder first, yeah. Yeah, also the Leaf ambush is the finest showing of Walker's guile in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) And also I think the fact that like they didn't put a lot of fanfare into the fighting itself, but the fighting was still... Like he was still doing roundhouse kicks, but they weren't like... They're just like, oh, yeah, you know, he just knows karate.
2: Mm, yeah, but they could have, like, replayed it so we could have yeah. seen it multiple times. If there's only going to be one <laughs> fight, we might as well just replay the kick. Right. right?
1: Yeah. They, Maybe they, they hadn't they, developed that technique yet. <laughs> <editing room.
2: laughs> right.
0: But again, you know, they were learning on this. That gives this episode a roundhouse rating of six boots to the face. <laughs> well, I think we can all agree that we need to spend more time bird watching. But please let us know what you think on social media or by emailing us at roundhouseroulette at gmail.com. When we come back, we'll spin that roundhouse roulette wheel and select next week's episode. We're back. You guys ready to spin that wheel? Well, you
1: know it.
2: Here. Ooh. Oh.
0: Oh. oh, I think this is a classic
2: big assignment this
1: week
0: guys oh man this one is pretty good it's a twofer we got a part one and part two this is season three episode seven and eight the road to black bayou while on a fishing vacation together
2: cd Trivette and walker reel in more than they bargained for when they accidentally uncover an elusive and illegal drug operation nice
0: would there be a legal drug operation down there, too? or Could be, like Pfizer, you know? They're just yeah. yeah it could
2: be a vaccination kind of thing, yeah. Um, I think this one stars the Big Lebowski, if I remember correctly. Nice.
0: Well, we hope you join us next week when we share our reactions to Season 3, Episode 7, The Road to Black Bayou, Part 1. Share your opinions with us on Facebook and on Instagram at Roulette and on Twitter at Pod. And rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your fine podcasts. Thanks for listening. And until next week, may the, the eyes of the ranger, ranger be, be upon, upon you. you.
2: When you're a Texas look behind you. Oh, cause that's where the ranger's gonna be. Here's some tuna gimpy. Here we go.
1: Oh my gosh. Special treat.